This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. No doubt about it, we have become one nation under house arrest. You think we're any different from the Kentucky couple fitted out with ankle monitoring bracelets and forced to quarantine at home? No, we're not. Consider what happened to Elizabeth and Isaiah Linscott. Elizabeth took a precautionary diagnostic COVID-19 test before traveling to visit her parents and grandparents in Michigan. It came back positive. Elizabeth was asymptomatic for the novel coronavirus, but had no symptoms. Her husband and infant daughter tested negative for the virus. Now, in a country where freedom actually means something, the Linscotts would have the right to determine for themselves how to proceed responsibly. But in the American police state, we've only got as much freedom as the government allows. That's not saying much. Indeed, it's a dangerous time for anyone who still clings to the idea that freedom means the right to think for yourself and act responsibly according to your best judgment. In that regard, the Linscotts are a little old school in their thinking. When Elizabeth was asked to sign a self-quarantine order agreeing to check in daily with the health department and not to travel anywhere without prior approval, she refused. A few days after being informed that Elizabeth's case was being escalated and referred to law enforcement, the Linscotts reportedly found their home surrounded by multiple government vehicles, government personnel, and the county sheriff armed with a court order and ankle monitors. We didn't rob a store, Linscott said. We didn't steal something. We didn't hit and run. We didn't do anything wrong. Folks, that's the point, of course. In an age of overcriminalization, when the law is wielded like a hammer to force compliance to the government's dictates, whatever they might be, you don't have to do anything wrong to be fined, arrested, or subjected to raids and seizures and surveillance. Watch and see, folks. Just as it did in China, this pandemic is about to afford the government the perfect excuse for expanding its surveillance and data collection powers at our expense. On a daily basis, Americans are already relinquishing, in many cases voluntarily, the most intimate details of who we are, their biological makeup, our genetic blueprints, and our biometrics, facial characteristics and structure, fingerprints, iris scans, and so on, in order to navigate an increasingly technologically enabled world. COVID-19, however, takes the surveillance state to the next level. There's already been talk of mass testing for COVID-19 antibodies, screening checkpoints, contact tracing, immunity passports to allow those who have recovered from the virus to move around more freely and snitch tip lines for reporting rule breakers to the authorities. This isn't exactly uncharted territory, however. It follows much the same pattern as every other state emergency in recent years, legitimate or manufactured, that has empowered the government to add it to its arsenal of technologies and powers. The war on terror, the war on drugs, the war on illegal immigration, asset forfeiture schemes, road safety schemes, school safety schemes, eminent domain. All these programs started out as legitimate responses to pressing concerns and have since become weapons of compliance and control in the police state's hands. It doesn't even matter what the nature of the crisis might be. Civil unrest, the national emergencies, unforeseen economic collapse, loss of functioning political and legal order, domestic resistance, pervasive public health emergencies, and catastrophic natural and human disasters 
as long as it allows the government to justify all manner of government tyranny in the so-called name of national security. It's hard to know who to trust anymore. In this highly partisan age, when everything from the COVID-19 pandemic to police brutality to football is being recast in light of one's political leanings, it can be incredibly difficult to separate what constitutes a genuine safety concern versus what is hyper-politicized propaganda. Certainly, this is not the first crisis to pit security concerns against freedom principles. In this post-9-11 world, we have been indoctrinated into fearing and mistrusting one another instead of fearing and mistrusting the government. As a result, we've been forced to travel this road many, many times with predictable results each time. Without fail, when asked to choose between safety and liberty, Americans historically tend to choose safety. Failing to read the fine print on such devil's bargains, we the people find ourselves repeatedly on the losing end as the government uses each crisis as a means of expanding its powers at taxpayer expense. Whatever these mass mandates might be, authoritarian strong-arm tactics or health necessities to prevent further spread of the virus, they have thus far proven to be uphill legal battles for those hoping to challenge them in the courts as unconstitutional restrictions on their right to liberty, bodily autonomy, privacy, and health. We can spend time debating the mass mandates. However, criticizing those who rightly fear these restrictions to be a slippery slope to further police state tactics will not restore the freedoms that have been willingly sacrificed on the altar of national security by Americans of all political stripes over the years. As I've warned, this is a test to see whether the Constitution and our commitment to the principles enshrined in the Bill of Rights can survive a national crisis and true state of emergency. It must be remembered that James Madison, the father of the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and the fourth president of the United States, advised that we should, and I'm quoting here, take alarm at the first experiment upon our liberties. Let me quote Madison again. Take alarm at the first experiment upon our liberties. Whether or not you consider these COVID-19 restrictions to be cause for alarm, they are far from the first experiment on our liberties. Indeed, whether or not you concede that the pandemic itself is cause for alarm, we should all be alarmed by the government's response to this pandemic. By government, I'm not referring to one particular politician or administration, but the entire apparatus at every level that conspires to keep we the people fearful of one another and under virtual house arrest. This is what we've all been reduced to. Prisoners in our skin, prisoners in our homes, prisoners in our communities, forced to comply with the government's shifting mandates about how to navigate this pandemic or else. Right now, COVID-19 is the perfect excuse for the government to wreak havoc upon our freedoms in the name of safety and security. But as I make clear in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, don't believe for a minute that our safety is the police state's primary concern. It never has been. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, Rutherford press alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles 
to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.